0: Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we have got an incredible show today because we have a fantastic woman on who has had a loss uh, of a child and and some health issues and has come on to join us to talk about what she's learned in her journey. So would you like to introduce her,
1: Heidi? Heidi. Sure, mom. And like you said, we're going to be talking today about standing strong through stillbirth and cancer. And our guest is Katie Joy Duke. Katie is a writer, mindset coach for women, transformational speaker, and a mom of two daughters, one living and one in spirit. She practiced social justice law for nine years before her daughter Poppy was stillborn at full term in 2015. And she's written the best-selling memoir, Still Breathing, My Journey with Love Loss and Reinvention.
2: Welcome to our show, Katie. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Well,
0: Katie, you're quite an inspiration to me Mm -hmm. because, Mm -hmm. first of all, the idea that you had a stillbirth child, which we know at full term is such a huge thing. And I, I think
1: it gets unacknowledged, don't you, Heidi? Absolutely. I, you know, I hear women all the time and I've had two miscarriages, but I hear women that have had stillbirth say that people say to them, and it'll be interesting to get your way in on this. At least you could get pregnant. At least they died suddenly. At least you didn't know her better. You know, at least you're still young. At least you can have other children, all these at least, and at Mm. least tend to minimize our losses. And I'm thinking that it's been disenfranchised
2: mm. in many ways. I, I do think that is true. And that is one of the main reasons why I decided to tell my story and to write the book. Um, it was to bring more awareness to an issue that, um, so many mothers and parents and and fathers deal with every single year there are 24,000 babies stillborn in the United States every single year and wow. for your audience stillbirth is considered uh, anything after 20 weeks of gestation a pregnancy that ends after 20 weeks of gestation and i was in labor when i found out i was pregnant so and there are so many of us that go through that type of loss and you know one thing that i like to remember um or I had to keep reminding myself as I worked on my memoir, because it took me six years to finish, was my why and who I was really writing the book for. I dedicated the book to my daughters, but, but who I was writing the book for was anyone that had gone through a loss like that. And by the time Poppy, well, by the time my book was published, I, you know, simple math, it had been like 150,000 more mothers. Right now.
1: So, so Katie, you were giving birth to poppy thinking that you were going to have a daughter that was going to live, right?
2: Well, we, so I, I had gone into labor on my due date, which was October mm-hmm. 25th. Of 2015. And I labored into the night and then I got the green light to go into the hospital. And my husband and I arrived ready, to, like you said, ready to meet our baby girl. Um, you know, the car seat was in the back, the nursery was done, mm, everything, wow. you know. Um, we'd had baby showers, like all of that. And y- you were and- ready to bring her home. <clears throat> Absolutely. And that's when um the nurse who was attending us at the time said that we're gonna monitor her heartbeat for a little while to see how she's responding to the contractions, and that's when we found out she didn't have a heartbeat anymore so it was it was very devastating now tell me um
0: one of the things that you say is that it transformed your life
2: Mm. and in a positive way right absolutely absolutely um I, you know, I was on a, I was on a path right where we all are, whether it's not the right one, it's not the wrong one. I was practicing law. I'd, I'd become a lawyer. I was very, um, you know, uh, achievement based. I was basically like stripped away of everything that I thought was going to happen. Everything, all of my expectations were just ripped away at the last minute. And I ended up leaving my career as an attorney, um, Not necessarily because I wanted to, but because I really couldn't focus. I I really couldn't continue doing that type of work. I was a disability lawyer and I tried to go back to work. And it was very interesting because my clients, in many ways, at that point, I felt like we're messengers. They were almost like angels because they had become disabled essentially due to a combination of things that had happened in their lives. I could see my future in them if I didn't stop and slow down and take care of myself and really dive in spiritually to the lessons that I I felt intuitively, I was given the opportunity to learn through this loss. And because I was always, I was always a writer, but I hadn't ever published anything. But because I processed through journaling, I immediately dove into into journaling and then eventually using my laptop to capture my thoughts and feelings. And what started as, you know, love letters essentially to my my daughter who passed away eventually became um, this story that I can now share with the world.
0: Now talk about spirituality. You grew spiritually.
2: I, I definitely sought out community and my husband and I, um, Went to a support group for a while i think a lot of it was me tapping into um tools um and practices that i'd had uh, yoga meditation uh, breath work that sort of thing uh, that even the journaling tapping into um, a relationship with a higher power with god with source pr- praying for understanding you know desperately wanting to know what happens to a soul when a body passes on. There was always sort of that connection that I had and going through a loss like this definitely had me reconnect with that internal sense of, of wisdom that I believe is a spark that we all have within us, right? Whether we're religious or not. What happened for me is right after Poppy died, I felt a very, uh, tangible sense that she was with me because she had been you know like she had grown right. inside of me and then she was born i got to hold her we were connected and then you know her her body was cremated and we had her ashes and we did very beautiful uh, ritualistic things with some of her ashes we sprinkled them in hawaii and in the grand canyon we did so many beautiful things to memorialize her but as time moved on and sort of i will say like the real depression of the loss started to sink in cuz you know, there's the shock, and you're just like, you don't even really like know how to deal with like, like what it, what actually just happened to me. Once the depression really started to seep in, I noticed that um, I felt very disconnected from her, and what I intuited and sort of the messages that I received was, well, Katie, that's that's your responsibility. If you want a connection with her, it's my responsibility to cultivate and create that, and so I did that, and so I started very intentionally meditating with her, calling her in, calling in that energy, believing that she was with me, feeling her, looking for signs, asking for signs, receiving the messages. And and slowly that, I think that that for me was a huge part of my healing because there was a, a point at which I felt like she went from being my baby. At some point I realized, gosh, she's not a baby anymore you know, she's this light. She's, she Mm. is God, right? She is source energy. She is Mm. pure. She is. And by be, by giving myself the freedom to tap into that, then it was like, oh my goodness. Then I really started to understand the, like the, the opportunity and the possibility of having been chosen by her spirit, by her soul to be her mother and to carry her, message and and her legacy into the world what was such a you know a devastating loss I was open to hope right like I was really open to the possibility of Mm -hmm. what this could do for my life and I don't ever want to underestimate how awfully difficult it was I mean there it was so hard and anyone who reads my book will will get a sense of that I do not sugarcoat anything um
1: well, well, Katie, you're making a good point because what you're doing with yourself and with others is we have to acknowledge and validate the loss first and be in the pain and take the journey before we can start to move into being open to hope. Absolutely. Fast forward, you get
2: your book finished. She would be seven. She she just would have turned seven this last October. Yeah. And you
0: turn in your manuscript for the book about her and you are diagnosed with stage four breast cancer.
2: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, Yeah. This past, um, February, I was reading stories to my now five-year-old Moxie, um, our rainbow. And uh, yeah, I I my hand just fell on my left breast as I was reading stories there on my side. And I I felt a lump. And I it was one of those things where I was just like, was that your yesterday? So I did eventually, you know, I got my first ever mammogram. I was 41 at the time. I I knew my body and I trusted that intuition that said, this is not right. This is not normal. There's something going on here. So this year has been, an unbelievable <laughs> one of the things I, I mentioned earlier was like i i never questioned so hard where a soul goes when it dies or what happens to a soul um before poppy died and then poppy died and i was like where is my baby like what where did mm-hmm. you know what happened to her and then i got this diagnosis and i tell you what <laughs> the the I have had to face my own mortality, um, in, in, in ways at, at this tender age of now 42, I would have never, ever imagined.
0: And how and has your journey through Poppy's death helped you to cope with what's going on now?
2: My father also passed away in February of 2019. So, um, after, after Poppy died a few, few years later, he died of prostate cancer and and I write about this in my book, but when, when my, when I called my husband to tell him that my dad had in fact died, um, he had this moment of, uh, clarity. My husband did where he says, Katie, I can, I can see, I can see them together. I can see them there together. And I'm like, what, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, And, and he said, poppy pop poppy was, was there to greet your yes. daddy. And, but I bring all that up to say that I had this very tender experience with myself this past year when I was, you know, bald and no eyelashes and no eyebrows and, you know, full of poison from the chemotherapy that I was dealing with. And it struck me, wait a second. If I choose to believe that my father and Poppy are, are somehow there together in whatever this after place is or experience, then that means that when I die, I get to see, I get to meet her again too. I get to meet him again too. I get to be a part of that. Like, in other words, that like I'm not excluded from all this. Like if you know, like whatever happens on the other side of this, I've I've really, I'm, I'm okay, I'm okay with it. I don't, I don't know exactly what it is. I'm at peace with the idea that That this physical experience that I've been given is an experiment, you know, that, that God truly has given me the opportunity to just come and be in this body and go through all of the emotions and all of the ups and downs and all of the sorrow and all of the joy and all of the hope and all of the possibility, and just to do the best that I can with it while I, while I can. I'm just gonna keep appreciating as much of it as I can while I still have the chance to do it, while I have the chance to be alive.
0: I love it. You know, I I just wanted to give our audience four points. They're your points and I'm just gonna read them because I think they're so lovely. And one of them is that after Poppy's death, you grew spiritually, you learned to sit with uncertainty, you were no longer afraid to talk about death, and you could hold space for others. And I want to say this, you have really held space for us today.
2: Oh, and I thank, thank you.
0: you for doing this. You are a lovely soul.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you so much.
0: And uh, tell our audience where they can get your book and your website and any information that you'd like people to know.
2: Sure. Absolutely. So, um, my website is katiejoyduke.com. That's my full name. And, um, you can order if you'd like a, a, a personally signed copy of the paperback there from my website, I've got books here at home and I'll sign it to you or to anyone that you want and mail it off special. Um, you can also order it on Amazon in, um, paperback and ebook. Uh, I am recording an audiobook and, um, then uh, if you'd like to follow me on social media, I'm also, I'm Katie Joy Duke on Instagram and Facebook, and you're welcome to follow along my journey. Um, I, uh, I I like sharing myself uh, in that way with people and authenticity is my number one value. And uh, I uh, laughter is the best medicine. I just wanted to say that uh, I love that
1: your middle name is Joy because you've certainly lived up to that and shown us that despite great adversity, and loss, you can find joy again. Thank thank you you. so
2: much. Yeah, thank you so much. My parents did a good job.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks
0: everyone for joining us on this show today. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own and God bless.
1: I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.